0: This is going to be a series, actually, and, uh, we're going to start with, uh, Utah from Utah, and why she is from Utah, because she's from Utah, I guess. You're damn right she's from Utah. Uh, specifically, she's from Hurricane Utah. Or, we, eh, she was moved to there. Well, she, she definitely grew up there. Her parents are from separate areas of Utah. I was born in hurricane. That was not ever going to be Utah's voice. Nope, it's not. I would never do this. God, that's awful. I know. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Sounds like I've been smoking for 40 years. I have spoken. Um, your mother uh, was from the Mojave tribe. She was a human. She was married off to gorg of the Kazat tribe of orcs that aren't too far uh, from the Mojave Desert and eventually they moved to Hurricane Utah subsequently had you and because eh you know maybe you're lacking in naming and they're lacking in naming and although Kazat does mean bull in orcish and uh Utah's birth name is Beulah. I don't want to talk about it. But but now it is Utah, obviously taken from your namesake. So that's a little bit of your history there, Utah. But we really want to talk about how you really came to be who you are doing what you're doing. Uh, Obviously... You learned quite a lot from your mother, but uh, even though you hated him, and there's some ske- sketchiness as to as far as his death, uh, you learned a lot from your father and his tribe. Mostly how to, you know, swing a weapon. Speaking of swinging weapons, uh, when you got older, you were mostly homeschooled, but when you got older, um, you were sent to a local high school school, uh, because they wanted to make sure that you had an outside education so you understood the ways of the world outside of your tribes. Uh, in doing so, you found an interest in softball. And uh, apparently, you were damn good at it. I mean, I do get the hit stuff. Yes. Uh, center field, and probably the best hitter in all the state at the age of 16. Batting average of 740. I'm just saying. I'm glad you know what that means. <laughs> your prized possession is a De Marini Prism Bat Custom, uh, a gift from your father. It didn't really, you know, it probably didn't make you like him anymore. He was a lovely man. <laughs> was. was. Um, so now we're going to go back to, you know... Order. You're 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 on the steps of 17 years old, you're maybe a few weeks out from your birthday, but I'm not saying any times or dates. <laughs> uh, you are currently in the Goblin Valley State Finals for quote unquote women's youth softball. Representing your high school team. <laughs> The Hurricane City Hurricanes, because why not uh, against the Salt Lake Gold Spikes? It is currently the bottom of the ninth, Sarah. The score is 9-8, with the Hurricanes losing. You are up to bat. Currently, there's two outs, three balls, two strikes on you. There's two on, first and second. You've been... Your first two strikes were both curves. Uh, The balls were just wild pitches trying to really get you to just swing at anything, but you were a bit too smart for that. Still, it's two outs, and this moment right here could make or break the entire game, the entire season. This is very serious. And now we get to roll some dice. Oh shit! <laughs> so I will play the part of the pitcher for the Salt Lake Gold Spikes. Don't worry, ladies. Utah's got this shit. <laughs> uh, and I actually have stats for different pitches, so I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. Utah's excited. Um. All right. So I know what I rolled. And what pitch. Um, So here's the few things I need you to do. So I need you to roll perception uh, to see where the ball is coming in in your box. Like any batter would do. And you're probably doing a count to see when the ball leaves the pitcher's hand. Balls. You want me to roll perception? Yes. You have advantage though. Utah rolled a 20. Really? <laughs> nice. Okay. So you know this was a fast pitch. You know you got about two and a half seconds before it's right in your box and you need to swing. Now I need another roll. I need dexterity. <laughs> Why... Uh well, cause you know where the ball's gonna be. Yes. Uh, I need your reaction time. So that's gonna be dexterity. Fucking hell. Seven. Seven. Alright. And one last roll. And this one should be the the B- one. You know where it is. You're you're wound up, you're ready to swing. Strength. Holy balls! <laughs> Again, you, you do have advantage on this. Thank fuck. That is going to be a 13. 13? 13. Gotta make some rolls myself. Sweet. Uh, you nail it. Rounder to the left. It flies past third. Still good uh give me an athletics check that's dexterity right no athletics should be strength. uh acrobatics Uh, would be dex right okay 10 10 uh you maybe stumble a bit but you make it the first base easy uh your teammates that were on first and second make their way around uh, this is all very bullet time kind of right now. The ball still hasn't been picked up. Second base coach is calling for you guys to go. So first of all, I need you to decide whether you're gonna just go for second or just stick to first. Utah's hauling ass. Right on. <laughs> Give me another athletics. Nine. Uh, you're gonna get a maybe three quarters of the wait a second before that ball is picked up. Now I get to make some more rolls. Um, your guy that was on, or I'm sorry, your woman that was on second is about that same distance from home right now. Ding. Um. So. Ball's been snatched. Second base has it. You're staring second baseman in the face right now. And I'm glad I built this. (laughs) Um, It's time to play some pickle in the middle, my friend. So, you're going to... Basically, what's going to happen is your athletics is going to have to beat their dexterity. Because they're going to be throwing this ball between... You know how the game works. Yes, I'm well aware. (laughs) So, you definitely see second base... Get that ball and she's staring you down so it's time to haul ass back to first I'm assuming yep at this time uh, the person who was originally on first has made it to third and you are now tied because your second base person has made it home they're concentrating on you uh, because well they were it's tied now, but they can still get this out. So you need to make that athletics against this dexterity that I'm just rolling now. ha <laughs> is going to have a 22. Trust me, it beat whatever the fuck I rolled. <laughs> um, yeah, you definitely, you, you in fact, uh, give me an insight check. Okay. I think this will work out beautifully. Perhaps. Insight. Perhaps, depending on what you Fuck my mother. (laughs) Yeah, it's intelligence based. (laughs) Insight's wisdom. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's investigation would be (laughs) intelligence. Fuck! Uh, seven. Seven? Yeah. It still beat what I rolled. So you see that ball leave second base girl's hand. And, like, you had spun on your heels just enough to get your traction back to hit second base after that ball leaves her hand. So you've made it to second. Woo! But I think that's about as far as you're going to get. But now the game is tied. Still two outs. Now I have to make lots more rolls. (laughs) I was hoping you would just hit a homie and just call it a day. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> um well damn batter up shit better. um man that's a line drive straight <laughs> easy peasy um yeah you're on second oh man I gotta roll for that center field I can't wait to get emails about how I put together a baseball game in D&D <laughs> uh, so he doesn't catch it getting the out, but he does scoop it up pretty fast after that. But in between those two moments, I do need your athletics again to get the third. Hot balls! Hot yes. balls! is at twenty-six. Jesus, you have made it the third, sir. Okay. <laughs> that was so much silent celebrating there. That was fantastic. Okay. I'm gonna need that athletics again. Unless, and I'm giving you this option, because at this point, uh you just passively, you know that he did that, that center fielder did not catch but has, is about to pick up that ball. Uh-huh. So this is your choice. You can try to go for home or stick the third. Did the person in front of me score? Yes. So we're up. Yes, it is uh, currently 10-8. Oh, I'm sorry, 10-9. I'm going home. You're going to make a run for it? Okay. Like it. Yeah. Do it. Give me that athletic. Why are you rolling another twenty again? No, I'm just happy because <laughs> it's a high number. I'm assuming. Always high. Oh lord. Utah rolled a twenty four. Lord Jesus. Oh yeah, and it's close. I need one more athletics check because you know that ball is coming straight for the catcher. So it's a dive or a slide right now. Gotta pick one of those because that will actually uh kind of change the result here. Can I run the catcher the fuck over? I yes, and uh thank god you we do have already set rules for unarmed melee attack. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna consider that a slam attack. So unarmed melee. Um with advantage, because uh, you're full board. Like, I can't remember how far, unless you have that knowledge, the bases are from each other. <laughs> but they're 90 feet. 90 feet? Yes. Full sprint 90 feet? Oh, yeah. You're going to have advantage on trying to shoulder tackle this uh, catcher the hell out of your way. All right. But, oh, man, he's going to be able to roll to see if he keeps that ball in his hand if I do need to make a roll to see at exactly what moment he catches that ball. All right, then, roll on. up. Utah rolled a natural 20. you got to be kidding me. Should I come over the DM screen to check your rolls? <laughs> yes, come here. It's the blue and purple one. <laughs> no. Okay, I believe you. Me- and, and for an unarmed strike, that's plus 7, so 27. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Um, Utah smash! Like, this ball is seconds away from hitting this catcher's glove. And he's probably a foot or two away from home plate. You know, he, he thought he was going to get you. She, I'm sorry. I apologize. She really thought she was going to get you. But, you know, and I'm going to make this reference. You know, when the train is coming down the tracks. <laughs> Got to get out of the way um for any baseball fans out there <laughs> don't stand on the tracks when, when the, the train, train is coming, coming through. through right uh sorry i fucked it up <laughs> um yeah oh man like the tip of her glove touches that ball before you blast her out of the way just shoulder to shoulder push her at probably a good 2 miles an hour as fast as you can run high i not going to look up those stats right now. <laughs> I have 30 feet of movement. Right. You were and moving I'm going to dash. You moving, <laughs> right. You were moving pretty fast. Uh, plus your strength. You destroyed this poor little girl. And you made it home. Which makes it 11-9. Woohoo! Let's go, bitches. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so... Uh, that's all well and good. It's going to go to an overtime. Next batter gets out. Extra innings. You know, extra innings. Whatever. Because this could otherwise turn into a very long game. (laughs) Uh, So now, y'all are on the offense here. Or defense, I should say. Yep. Uh, As I said, you are the center fielder. Again, I get to make shit tons of rolls. <laughs> the way I designed this, if like we had enough players to actually play a baseball game, it would be phenomenal. I basically created baseball d and d Yeah, we'd only need tw- 20 people, <laughs> 20 people. <laughs> all with their own dice and stats, and it'd be completely crazy. Jesus Christ, I'm a- I need some of your metal dice in my life. I'm just rolling really good. I know, I love them, right? Damn. Jesus Christ. Holy crap. Um, (laughs) None of my plastic dice roll these good. Uh, So, we get to... Damn, Jesus Christ. Base is loaded. That's outrageous. Base is loaded. (laughs) Fuck. Tenth inning. Um and nothing came towards center field, which was crazy. I know, right? They don't want to hit it to be. Oh, well that would do it. If it hits. That's a pitch. That's a wow. Well, that would be done center. I, as soon as I spoke. <laughs> uh so yeah. It's a good pop up there. Straight to center. One more roll on my part. Holy crap. Why? It's like your dice love you. And and I'm the one rolling them. So now, two things. Again, we got to do a per... uh, We can do perception, for sure. Fuck, why? Uh, You need to make sure you can... You know exactly where that ball's going. Fuckity fuck ass fuck. Uh, Trust me, it's not going to be a hard roll to (laughs) <laughs> it's a fan. Yeah? Uh you you are uh, you got your eyes on this thing. And uh you're running back, yeah, you're pretty sure you're going to get it before, you know, this ain't a major stadium. There's a fence. It's not like, you know, the Green Monster or anything. Um Oh man, yeah. Give me another perception. You got it. That's another natural 25, 22. Jesus Christ, you think it's going to go past the fence. You also think you can still catch it. Of course I can. So, got your eye on it. You, you're you absolutely positive you know you're gonna, you can catch it. But it's going to take a bit of sacrifice. I'm going to need an athletics check. Got it ha <laughs> ha rolled a 25. Jesus Christ. Uh, So yeah, this is it. The big moment. You run, you're running, you're running, running. You see that this thing is going to go over the fence, but just barely. You take a little hop, about waist high to the top of the fence, you catch that ball, and flip over the fence. Um, I'm not going to worry about you taking damage, but... I'm going to need a dexterity roll, because you got to hang out to that ball. Fuck me! Alright. Oh, and then a constitution. Fucking hell. You just flipped over a fence. I want to make sure you're not unconscious. I might be. I'm still going to catch the (laughs) fuck. It is two different rolls. I'll give you that. Dexterity is... One, two, one. Jesus. Constitution 23. Oh, my goodness. You catch it. You flip, like, total, like, like I said, you get about hip height to the top of this fence. You catch that ball, and just at the hip, you flip backwards over this fence. You hit the ground hard. But you get up, open your glove, and that ball drops into your your opposite hand, and you hold it up because you just got the out and won the game. Fuck yeah, bitches! We're the champs! <laughs> the Goblin Valley State Champs. <laughs> um, Woo! Which Goblin Valley is a national park slash city of goblins, but whatever. <laughs> All that silence right there was Utah quote-unquote celebrating. <laughs> uh, I yeah, realized shit fist, goes crazy. I realize fist bumps don't translate over podcast, but fuck yeah! <laughs> Everybody fist bumps. Um so everybody goes absolutely fucking nuts absolutely fucking nuts Woo! everybody's celebrating and like there's just like a, like you're in this blur like they pick you up like you know you're definitely the mvp of the game absolutely you've played like the best some of the best baseball DD has ever seen for sure <laughs> uh. fucking right bitches so, wow, such a dirty mouth, 16 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah, Fork, what do you want? Uh, that's true. I mean, and your dad's name is, like, what? <laughs> Grog? Hey, hey. Gorg? Gorg, Gorg is... sounds like he cusses a lot anyway. Gorg taught me how to hit, okay? <laughs> that's not a good thing. I mean, I hit the ball, We scored the leading runs, Trent. and I took a home run away. Mm-hmm. That was nasty. That was, wow. Honestly... This is one of those moments as a DM where, like, I had it kind of planned a certain way. And it, it should have ended fucking ten minutes ago. Golden Spikes can <laughs> eat shit. <laughs> so Losers! So competitive. So. But you do notice during this celebration, like, everything's blurred. Like, at a certain point, like, you really don't even hear sounds anymore. It's just this just noise. Like, it's just so loud. Everybody's celebrating so much. Well, obviously, except <laughs> uh, the Salt Lake City Cold Spikes. And uh, it just happens to catch your attention. You notice it seems to be the father of one of those players being a bit rough with apparently his daughter. Uh, hey! She seems panicked. Hey! Nobody can hear you. It's t- too loud. You're being held up by all your teammates anyway. This is like. Like you're practically center field and you're looking over near the dugouts. And in, it does feel like you're the only one that can see this going on. Put me down. Put me down. Fuck. Uh. They don't hear you. Like, they don't. Nobody recognizes that you're trying to get down yet. It sucks to be the champ. <laughs> um, you start to notice that the father is like forcefully pulling the girl away off the field. Well, they were by the dugout anyway, but you, you understand what I mean. They're leaving the stadium very forcefully. What do you... Are they putting me down yet? Uh they didn't hear you the first time. It's still very loud. I'm gonna let out the inner, <laughs> inner orc. <laughs> put me the fuck down. Please let that not be your inner orc ever. That's the only <laughs> time you'll ever hear it, I swear. Uh yeah, somebody kinda realizes that you wanna be put people down. And uh they say stuff, there you go. Aren't mad, right on. Uh, so it kind of spreads really quick that you want to be put down. And they're like, oh, whatever. And they're still really crowded around you. Celebrating and stuff and like hugging you and all that nonsense. Hey, save a seat for me when we go for pizza. I gotta go check on something. And I dash towards the other dugout. Right on. They kind of just let, give you a berth real quick. They think you gotta pee or something. They don't care. They're celebrating. Um, when you get over to where you saw this... Um, they're nowhere to be seen, but there is that tunnel, uh, because it's, a, I mean, it's a decent stadium area, but it didn't just, it, there's no back bleachers, like in a major stadium. Like I said, it was all just a fence. Right. Right. The whole front part. a um, Standard like high school stadium. Yeah. Gotcha. So like there is that, uh, tunnel that leads to the locker rooms and probably out the other end is, uh, just a parking lot. So you make, you can make the assumption that that's where they were. As you dash down that, uh, I'm gonna tunnel. grab one of the bats from the dugout. First. Just any random bat? Yes, I'm just because mine's obviously in our dugout, so it's true. Or with my parents. Very perceptive because that was near the uh, opposing team's dugout. Very perceptive. Uh, so I'll give you inspiration for that. Actually, right on. So you just grab a. A bat from the opposing team's side that still happens to be hanging out, even though they seem very dejected. They're not paying attention anymore. I feel like the uh, equipment guy's still collecting things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> when you make that turn around the corner into that tunnel, you do see uh, the shadows of the figures at the opposite end of the tunnel, uh, still very forcefully um, dragging this girl, and uh, they just barely disappear around. They take a right turn into probably what is the parking lot and you got about about 200 feet of tunnel to hoof it down so and you said your movement's 30? yes but I'm dashing the whole way okay Um, like full center fielder sprint you're definitely wow you're definitely going to take one point of exhaustion Uh, but you're going to get down there in a few seconds if you do that yeah I'm booking it right on Oh, loud noises! Squeak, squeak, squeak! My bad. Shit. DM file. Your bad. I'm trying the whole back beer. Bag trying to do this. this trying to do this amazing origin story, and I'm fucking it up. Sorry, you listeners. Um, it's going amazing. I. This is kind of fun. I can't wait to do the other ones. Uh-huh. Um. Oh. More DM files. Could you Hand me those napkins. Right, so pause break for beer napkits. I apologize, listeners. Um, yeah, you reached the end of that tunnel. You're uh, breathing a bit heavy. Um, quite heavy, actually, because you just hauled ass. Um, I Actually, you know, I want you to make a constitution check right quick. Actually, I should, uh, solve, I should call it a constitution save. Yeah! Uh, I don't know what they had to do anything with a save, but Okay. <laughs> Damn it! What does it mean if there's a circle next to my Constitution save? Is it an empty circle or a filled-in circle? Nah, it's filled in, bro. Oh, uh, that means you can add your proficiency to it. Woo! So it's your con- your D twenty roll plus your Constitution okay. bonus plus your proficiency. You. Right on D D beyond, <laughs> D and D beyond, fellas. Use it. D, D. Okay, so what did you roll? <laughs> I rolled a 12. <laughs> uh, Alright, that's... My, my, my dice tonight. That's that good that enough for that. Um, I used a good one, I swear. I don't have a dice jail yet, so... So... Yeah, but you are... You're tired. You hauled ass. You're huffing. I mean, like, I did just save the championship. Yeah, you've played a hard game. You're definitely tired. And now you're scanning the parking lot. You know the general idea, so you know they turned right. Uh, But, I'm going to need you to roll investigation. Investigation? Yes. That is definitely the intelligence roll you were fearing. (laughs) It's a nine. Nine? (laughs) You don't see them? Fuck! But you know they went right. So you want to just... I'm just going. It's just going to go right? Yeah. Maybe not at dash speed. What's your passive uh, perception? My passive? Yeah. Where the fuck do I find that? Passive perception. It, it I do is, believe it's your perception. 12. 12? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's at the bottom of the page. I didn't see it. So you get about four feet, actually. like You start to move. You get about four feet, and you hear... uh, Like a scuffle, like a noise. Like someone resisting someone else. Um, Give me another actual perception roll. Oh, that's so much better. No, it ain't. Uh, That's 12. 12. I think. Yeah, 12. Uh, When you hear that, you stop and you look to your left. And you can see uh, a few rolls back. Uh, The shadows... Of a sh- some a couple struggling figures, uh, it seems to you how that like the girl is starting to put up more of a fight. Um, do you head in that direction? Yes, I do. Hey, asshole! Uh, so okay, now I need to make two rolls because you you shouted. Through. Um, uh, yeah. What did you expect me to do? You he definitely heard that, and like even though you're too far away to like see faces or anything, you can like. You notice, like, the the shadowy figure of his head has looked towards your direction. I ain't scared. And, uh... He halts for a moment. He doesn't know exactly what to do. And, uh... So you're gonna get an extra movement here. Um... Let me see... I'm assuming you're just gonna do... Okay, so so i'd say at this point you're about 20 feet away and you got a good view on them and uh <clears throat> he's he's like opening the passenger door of his vehicle um like let's see let's roll for this one Uh, He doesn't get her to get into the car. So, let me make another roll. Um, He actually swings at her. He doesn't hit her. But there was definitely the intention there. And uh, he continues to try to shove her in the car. It's not really working. They're struggling here. So, let's see here. Roll another. So, now you're... About oh, math. You're, I'd say you're ten feet away now. Maybe maybe nine feet. You're about nine feet away. Like you're close. Like you're to the point of almost duke hazarding car hoods. Like you're <laughs> you're, you're moving through this parking lot like nobody's business. Um, especially with a baseball bat in your hand or softball bat. Can I see if it's the girl who hit the ball I robbed? Uh perception. Natural 20. It's the pitcher. Opposite team's pitcher. You said I'm 10 feet away? Uh, well, About 9 feet at this point. Okay, I'm still advancing? Yes. I would uh, like to rage. <laughs> Alright. That sounds fantastic. Uh, I haven't given you stats for your baseball bat yet, which I do have. Are, are they the same as my mall, basically? No, absolutely not okay uh let's see Let me, oh i only didn't know if it's strength based so you move another two feet oh he shoves her into the passenger seat of the car at this point and then he gets the door closed and dan oh shit <laughs> touch my dice too much uh, <laughs> he actually he makes it around the back of the car like he's going for the door uh you don't necessarily seem that he's like afraid of you he's just like this is a fucking girl chasing me whatever like he's more concerned about what he's doing but he makes it around the back of the car and you're still coming in pursuit that's another 3 feet okay so now you're right at the back end of the car too you are definitely e he... hold on Oh, yeah, he stops. So you're practically face-to-face with each other. What do you do? I crack him in the legs with the bat. Uh, Roll that attack, friend. Uh, Oh, for the... It's a plus five for the attack. I just need to know if it's straight or not. Oh, no, just roll your d20 plus five. I'm telling you what the bat does. And then I will give, give you the damage after that. 21. 21, Jesus uh yeah, so the damage, uh that will definitely hit obviously. The damage is a D eight plus your strength modifier. Plus I'm that, raging. Um then plus So that's plus two. Plus two. Uh that's this pyramid, right? Or this triangle diamond thing. I know what it is. So that is six plus strength is five plus two. That's thirteen. Thirteen damage. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, you—you're pretty sure you broke, uh, let's say his left leg, like immediately, just first swing, you break his left leg, and he goes down. Back off the fucking girl, asshole! Uh, he's like, "What are you doing? Oh my god, you know what are you you crazy, bitch?" Blah blah. blah. He's screaming like he's panicked. Uh, what do you do? Like he's pretty much immobilized. He's—he's no longer a threat. He's not getting up you're you're absolutely positive you've broken his leg. I take the bat I put it right in his chest. if you touch that girl again, I will fucking kill you yeah uh, he's like okay, okay just uh, just okay, I promise I swear to God I walk away um I also dropped the bat heard <laughs> uh, So yeah, I'm going to make some rolls. This should be interesting. Yeah. The daughter gets out of the car, gets the keys from him while he's laying on the ground. He doesn't put any, any struggle. Do I see her getting the keys? Yeah. Hey, good game. She nods as she kicks her father, uh, probably as hard as she can right in the chest as he's laying on the ground. And she says, I hope you can move as fast as you wanted me to throw. She gets in the car, turns it on, and he just barely gets out of the way as she floors it out of the parking lot. Mom! Dad! Where's the party? <laughs> so Let's you're go. back at thing? <laughs> I'm yelling for them. I don't know where they're at. Right on. So, we're going to fast forward a bit here. And um, you're about 17 and a half now. So it's been about a year and a half since that game. You have definitely kept playing. You actually went back and won another state championship. Woo not, woo! not quite as glorious as that first time. Which that was... The Hurricane City Hurricanes' uh, first uh, girls softball championship. Hey, when you got a girl like me on the team, we'll win every year. Right on. Uh, now you guys are currently on vacation, but it's kind of like a crappy vacation because you live in Utah, but you've gone to the Grand Canyon. Hey. At least we're (laughs) in Arizona. Yeah, but didn't exactly go too far, you know.
1: No, It's practically
0: the border, and both of your tribes are used to actually being in and around the Grand Canyon and close to Vegas and so on and so forth. Like, you're desert tribes, essentially. Hey, listen, Gorg doesn't even like to take us to the corner store, so this is a big deal. Yeah, and you guys don't even use, like, the modern... Ep three driven vehicles. No, we fucking walked. Uh, well, you have horse and buggy and stuff like that, or wagons and stuff, which is actually fairly common in well, this time. Of course they are. I mean, it's not awkward to see that happening. It's not like you live in Amish country or anything. It was a little weird it's seeing perfectly that girl normal. drive away after I fucked her dad up, though. No, no. It, it, it maybe in Utah's mind at sixteen that was perfectly acceptable. It's like, go girl. Get out of here. Gone, girl. Ha! Joke. I mean, we've never had enough money for a fucking car. Right. I mean, you're just... Essentially, at this point, your parents are the tribal leaders for both the Mojave and the Kazat tribes. Woo! And that's kind of like your destiny, because you are the firstborn. That's how that works with the tribes. You're the firstborn of that marriage. It doesn't matter what your sex was. Because usually it would have to be the firstborn male or some nonsense like that right. with other cultures, but it's the firstborn literally in this situation. So technically you, you're you kind of got this, because uh, a new tribe is going to be formed as soon as you hit 18, you're going to be the leader of both tribes, not just either one separately. But you're still going to have to probably find someone to get married to and so on and so forth. Maybe I don't want to get married. Well, right now, uh, it's looking like there's a tribe to the south, I do believe. Um, Your parents are thinking of kind of trying to marry you off to the Apai tribe, I do believe. But that's, that's not something... That's since Don't currently. So We're going to get back to the fact that you guys are kind of on this little vacation. It's the end of November. And uh, obviously you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't know why. Turkey is awesome. Sure. I mean, you guys eat good uh, as well as you can all the time. But like personally, historically, you guys just... it's. In a more Americanized thing, and uh, being actual natives of the country, you don't believe that it's funny. <laughs> you, maybe it's a joke to you guys, actually. But... It's not actually funny because you think it's bullshit. I mean, of course it's bullshit. Right. But you guys are on vacation. You're technically on vacation, even though, you know, there are other tribal elders and such that do inhabit this area from both tribes. So it's kind of like you're just jumping from Grandpa House to Grandpa House, almost. Not really getting the awesome tours that you really could do, or so on and so forth. You did go whitewater rafting, probably. That's my favorite. Also, though, I mean, you do have one sibling thus far. Oh, yes, Gork too. Uh, he's pretty young at this point, and uh, you're a little protective of him, but he is kind of a little ass. Little brothers, huh? Um, So he doesn't really know about uh, what's going on between your parents, because your mother is a human and your father is an orc. But she's so pretty. Them native girls, man. Uh... You know, there's been some domestic violence or whatever and whatnot. And uh, although this is something that you would normally speak out about, you would do something about this, but this is your father and like there's political things that would happen. There's There's more to you breaking some dude's leg than you attacking your father in this situation. Because even though you might not want to lead both tribes, you also don't want to possibly cause a tribal war by, you know, fighting your father. Uh, Because that would directly be an acquisition against your mother and the Mojave, and the orcs would rally against the Mojave tribe. Right. So, I mean like this isn't a constant thing. This is uh he got back from a tribal council meeting. He probably had too much grog. Uh it's only been once or twice in maybe the damn near 18 years that you've been alive, but still it's a, it's a point of strife. And it's obviously something that's affected you very heavily. Uh hence you breaking someone like <laughs> over uh you you know, you feel very strongly about these things obviously. So, you you do get the general assumption that your mother is even more, you know, angry about these things. But, there's that leeway that, oh, you know, he had too much grog that night, and our mother was being quite the bitch herself, or whatever. So, it's a comp- very complicated, very political situation, and you haven't exactly grabbed a bat and broken your father's legs. <laughs> Plus, as you as I said, that could cause a literal war. Of course not. I love my dad. He is so awesome. Uh, he did teach you how to swing a bat and an axe. I mean, we are three time champions. Just saying. it's true. It's happened. Um, we're gonna say you're on about your fourth night in the Grand Canyon. You're at the bottom at this point. Camping it out in some classic teepees—that um, that was probably an enjoyable experience because, like, this is something your uh, father was very good at. Um... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to cut this part out because Woo-hoo! I snickered. I snickered at at pitching tents. <laughs> That's in that's what happened in my mind. Uh I snickered at pitching tents. Utah doesn't have that problem. She doesn't pitch tents. I mean, like your parents have two kids. He's obviously pretty good at pitching tents, that's all I'm saying. Anyway. I mean he's pretty derail, great. Derail, derail, derail. He is a leader, right? Oh, like, Christ. Damn. Oh, oh god, the pervertedness. <laughs> um, so you um, well Gorg two. <laughs> Little uh, brother. All right. Gorg 2 goes down pretty easily for the night. And, um, you're. You- pretty restless, you can't sleep, uh, you're maybe a little annoyed because this isn't exactly your ideal of sweet vacation, but you've had a little bit of fun here and there. Like, like, whatever. Right. Like, you like you did, thought it was really cool, like, the survival things that your dad was able to teach you, like, the putting up the, of the TPs and so on and so forth. I mean, it was really cool the first four times, but now it's just like... Right, you get it. You're like a master of survival at this point. Right. Uh, or at least you think so.
1: I'm so, the best at everything, <laughs>
0: um, but uh, like as you're tossing and turning in your TV, you know, like just can't sleep. You can hear pretty much nothing. You're in the, you know, at the bottom of the biggest valley in the world. Essentially, um, you can hear the the fire crackling and whatnot because they've left that going. And but you kind of hear the murmurs of your parents talking, and then you hear the footfalls of them walking off. Uh, Either way, that doesn't seem very odd to it to you, but you kind of finally slowly doze and you pass out. <sighs> you probably do snore like an orc. Ah, we all snore, so it's not a big deal. So you do wake up maybe an hour or so later. It's still dark, Grog too, who is sharing a TP with you, but he's passing quite the hell out so fucking hot down here I can't sleep (laughs) Um, but it's like super quiet you don't hear the fire anymore so you assume it's gone out and um, you think you hear a bit of a whimpering coming from outside what do you do the fuck is that? Maybe I'll go have a look. I'm gonna creep out very slowly. Move the <clears throat> curtain of the TP a little bit? Yeah. Um, the fire has pretty much died down to embers, so there's minimal light. You know, just that glow of the embers. Just enough to, you can see your parents' TP just to the left of yours and your brother's. And sitting cross-legged about a foot from the dying fire is your mother covered in tears. Ma what's wrong? Uh she's definitely immediately startled uh because she didn't realize you were there and uh I (sighs) walk towards her she takes a breath and she does as you come she motions you to come sit next to her. Stars are pretty cool, right? What's going on? She uh kinda just deadpan stares into the dying embers that were this fire for a moment. Uh she finally still just tear covered faith uh looks over to you and uh she explains that Your father is gone. What do you mean, gone? He won't be coming back. Mom, what are you talking about? It's hard to explain. Um, tomorrow we will have a funeral. Wait, he's dead? He is dead. Wait, 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 what? The fuck are you talking about? Sorry, the language... She continues to vaguely try to calm you down, uh, often repeating uh, to, to lower your voice because you don't want to wake your brother. I go into a whisper. Mom, what happened? It's very complicated and something I cannot explain to you at this moment. How complicated can it be? She has the most intense stare at this moment. She looks you right in the eyes. It's just more complicated than you could ever possibly understand. I mean, I fucked the guy up after a baseball game. She has no notice, no no knowledge of that, by the way. Like that's something you kept to yourself. I mean, I'm telling her right now. Right now, okay. I mean, I fucked the guy up after a softball game, so. Uh, she has an odd look about her now, and it kind of changes her move, just her mood, just a tiny bit. Uh, but still, she's like I. This is something we're going to have to talk about some other time, but... Said, wait, my, wait, my... Why, why can't we talk now? What's... What? No, that... Whatever you just said, something is going to come up some other time. We'll have to speak of this some other time, but... Should we pack up? Should I get the tents? <sighs> we're going to have to wait until morning. Someone... I mean, I've watched that do it a bunch of times. I can fucking yes, yes. pack up. Mm. Yeah. Someone else from the family will be here in the morning. Okay, okay. Should I go back to sleep? You can, I would like it if you if you try to do so. Are you going back to sleep? Hopefully. Alright, well, how about I sleep in your tent, then? That's fine. Grog 2 is... Gorg. Gorg Grog two. 2 is fucking annoying, so... Right. Let's snores to, too much. Let, let, let's go to sleep. Those boy orc, half-orcs, they snore so much. Right. Um, I, I snore a little bit. I'll just warn you. You right. should be used to that. Right? Uh, but no, you do, like, uh, spend the rest of the night in, with your mother in the tent, and you guys do get some sleep. And as she said, a, like, third cousin or something of the Mojave tribe uh, does show up in the morning, and he's, like, stone-faced. This is, like, Native American of Native Americans, like, that, it's got that dark skin tone, he's got a very serious face. It, like, it, it's the most manly version of resting bitch face you've ever possibly imagined, you yeah. know? And, it, like, he's, he just doesn't even get off his horse, he just rides up expecting you guys. But he does have a few horses with him. For uh, the three of you but like he waits for you guys to break down the tents put everything in bundles, load up the horses like he doesn't speak at all and your mother just kind of like urges you to like let's get this done, let's go so a few hours later because you know you follow this man who your mother has explained is Toronto is his name don't ask questions uh, but Toronto is is a cousin from the Mojave tribe, and uh, he has led you guys down the river through the valley. Blah blah. You don't talk much, do you? He doesn't even respond to that. Asshole. In fact, he never even stops looking forward from like where you guys are going. Like he just go. He's just going. Uh, but you do come across a circle of teepees, large ones and then outside of the incredibly tall teepee, the circle of incredibly tall teepees, there are smaller ones all around it, but a direct path straight into this circle of teepees. Hey, who the fuck are these guys? Um, your mother explains this is a meeting of the tribes. And, uh, just passively you notice that the the circle is split perfectly down the center um, on the left side, all the TPs are white with red symbols that you recognize from the Mojave tribe. And on the right are all white TPs with green symbols that you recognize as the symbol of the Kazat tribe. So you know that your entire family is currently represented here right now. And uh, you, you guys, like I said, they have one solid space through all the TPs, one entrance into this main circle. Where there is a large fire occurring. Mom, what the fuck is going on? This this will be your father's funeral. Okay. So. You guys uh, enter that main circle area. The court, as you would. And from the two... Uh, from the entrance, we can say the entrance into this circle of teepees is south at the north end of the circle are probably the two largest teepees and as you guys circle in easily you recognize the eldest of each tribe come out from respective tents to greet you and your family of course more importantly they greet your mother first of course they do uh toronto doesn't say shit he just gets off his horse. He helps your brother down. He offers a hand to help you off your horse. But he still doesn't speak. I smack his hand away and help myself down. He has oh, fuck away from me. He has no reaction. He just goes about his business. He unloads the horses and he, doesn't, I, he t- continues to not speak. I kind of jump off my horse. I almost wanted to make you have an athletics check there, but I'm not that much of a dick right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Your mother's being greeted by the tribe elders from both clans. What do you do? I bow respectfully and keep quiet. Uh, so she motions you and your brother to come over to her, which I assume you do. Yes. I mean, I've met the elders before. So oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I know who they, they are. To speak to that. Absolutely. And uh, you do recognize the female elder of the Mojave tribe very specifically because she was, you did, you met her more when uh, you were probably around six or seven. And her name is Lajah, L-A-J-A-H, case you're wondering. And she's like quintessential, super, kind of kooky, like, but incredibly nice, old, kind of like hunched over lady, you know, incredibly long braided hair. You know, she's just like, hey, what up? You know, um, she does, uh, uh, give you a wink and a smile. Cause she sees you over there. I but guess. knowing that this is kind of like a political situation, the two of you get it, but she's got that kookiness to her. So she gives you that wink and a smile knowing that you saw it, but like the political situation is still intact. <laughs> I kiss her hand and wink back at her. Acceptable? And uh, to the right of you would be, surprisingly enough, again, the female leader of the Kazat tribe, Ukhtar. And she's almost the polar opposite of Lajah. She's huge even for female orcs like massive and uh you know she's still you know creeping up on her you know 80s in life and even for an orc that's pretty good so she's almost dead yeah she's she's up there she's had a really long life for an orc but she's exceptional for any orc as I said she's you know 6'5 even at this age quite still muscular but, like,
1: I mean, gray hair.
0: I'm close to being that tall, so... <laughs> hey. You know? She it's just incredibly long, beautiful, like, almost silver, shining silvery gray hair, just unnatural, but kind of, like, magical, like, orcs seem to be. Again, I bow, kiss her hand, but I give her kind of the side eye, like, fuck. Uh, she pretty much replies in kind with the side eye. Um you knew her from a little bit later in life uh you probably didn't meet her until you were about 11 and i mean we give the side eyes, but we're kind of like kindred spirits you know angry well she she's definitely spent time with you and uh you know there's definitely like stories about the tribe that you know doing her job as tribal leaders passing out and uh, the legends of the tribe and so on and so forth and, and giving wisdom to the younger generation especially you because you're kind of as we said it kind of very important to both tribes so you've kind of afforded a bit more speciality from both leaders so like there is both leaders kind of are very close to you in their own way I mean I am pretty awesome right <laughs> <laughs> so You're obviously still confused, and this is a very tight political situation, and tradition is not to be messed with. That's definitely something you grew up learning. Right, that's why I haven't said anything yet. But the two tribal elders kind of like glance at each other, and then look around at everyone that's happened to be gathering. And uh, so things start to take motion. Um, Seats are brought out for the tribal leaders... Brought near the large bonfire that's already been burning, uh, even though it's broad daylight currently. And everyone seems to start gathering around the great circle of in this uh, TP tent area. And uh, Toronto, after everyone is kind of seated, steps forward into an open area in between where everyone is seated and the fire. And he speaks, Today we have taken a loss. Loss of a leader and a friend of a tribe. A father. We mourn this person today. We also begin talks of war. War against war against the Kobold tribe. We have reason to suspect that late in the evening, Gorg and his wife went off to meet for parley, and near the end of said parley, Gorg was killed by the kobolds, and this And as he says that, he points at your mother, and suddenly you realize there's something you didn't notice. And how could you not notice? Your mother raises her right hand, and there's a bandage on it, specifically over her pinky. And you suddenly realize she doesn't have one anymore. With that, you realize that this isn't just a a random occurrence or a meeting. This is a very hastily summoned tribal council essentially to decide if both tribes will go to war against the Kobolds. The Razor Fangs, as you know, because you were already aware of that third tribe in the area of Utah that both of your parents' tribes inhabit. So, now you have this information. You're in the midst of a tribal council. The accusation is that last night, your parents... Met with the leaders of the kobolds, Razor Fangs, uh, to discuss peace. And in the process, they not only killed your father, but removed your mother's finger, her pinky, specifically. What do you do? What do you say? Do you do anything? In the softest voice Utah could muster Mother, what the fuck happened to you? um everyone kind of like shoots a look at you because like it was quiet to begin with and uh they they just everybody's very attentive at the moment and uh she just kind of leans over it and says like it will be discussed during the during the council we are about to have i swear to god i will fucking kill them all um you feel a hand on your shoulder and it is lisha she kind of like pulls June close to her and makes like a hand gesture for you to kind of calm down and be quiet. As she says, "In due time, in due time." So, over the course of uh, the next couple hours, uh, a lot of the elder, look, the elders, plus a lot of the. More prominent members of both tribes, uh, kind of like verbally have it out, uh, talking about how they should go about things because it's not the main argument is that like it's not the old days. It's not the old days because we're surrounded by civilization and we're integrating slowly into civilization. But but the kobolds, they're not part of that. They're not integrating the civilization. They're still very savage very uncouth tribe, like, they don't want anything to do with uh, the natural world as it evolves around us. Can I hear them talking? Oh yeah, you hear all this conversation. Hey, I don't see what the problem is. Let's just go fucking kill them. That's the problem. As they keep discussing, is it like, in this day and age, unfortunately, like, back in the the prime, kind of like the heyday of the tribes before people from the east migrated over the ocean here. Uh, It would have been perfectly normal and acceptable. Nobody would have raised an eyebrow at the fact that all these tribes going to war and just completely obliterating another indigenous people. It wouldn't have been an issue at all. But uh, now there's big government, quote-unquote, and laws, and... um, even though each tribe kind of technically owns their own land, separate from the main government of the United States and whatever, whatnot, it's it would be in a huge legal hassle if the government came down upon a well a, a small war and the slaughter of indigenous people, lizard folk or not. So it's it's quite the complicated situation that's being discussed. So, so are we going to do anything? Uh, You do notice that Toronto is one of the main people on the Mojave side that are, that he's pretty dedicated to getting that revenge in some way. (coughs) um, At a certain point, it's kind of down to like three people and two of them are from the Mojave. Uh, Toronto and another person who's kind of opposed to all-out war and another representative for the New York tribe who are kind of starting to come to an agreement because they want retribution in some way but they can't really, they know open war is completely out of the question and there has to be some sort of tact, they agree on tact or, or something they, they, they something needs to be done but they can't come to a conclusion. With that, the night kind of comes to a wrap, and they kind of agree to pick up the discussion the next day. Everyone returns to their tents. Except you, your brother and your mother, Um, you're actually taken by the elders, to a large tent that's actually behind the two elders' tents. It's kind of like a... almost like a group meeting tent that was meant for the elders to be together and you know, entertain guests for whatever reason. So they sit down on one side of the tent and have you guys kind of Join them on the opposite side. There is a little fire in the middle of the of course. Try to keep it warm. It's We're in the desert. It gets cold at night. I apologize. I'm flipping through my notes trying to find these women's names. <laughs> 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 oh, Uktar and Laha. Uktar and Lajah. Uktar and Lajah. <coughs> so they're sitting in these nice chairs, opposite of you, and you, your brother, and your mother are sitting on some carpet on the other end of the fire. Majah and Uktar look to each other and then look to you. Majah speaks, we have decided. We cannot wait for this council to make decisions. So we're going in and killing them, right? No, we, there is no we, my darling. So I'm going in and killing them? You are very perceptive. Uktar leaps as much as a, you know, damn near 70-year-old workwoman can leap from her seat and uh, whips around behind her chair to a chest. She opens the, ta- the chest and pulls out an axe. A battle axe, very specifically. adorned in the center with the face of Grumush, the god of orcs. Most dorks, depending. Hmm. She walks over and presents the axe to you. and She says, I heard you were very good at swinging a weapon. This is really cool. I get to kill some kobolds with it. Essentially, but you need to be very careful. We have a plan, and we will explain it to you soon. So I assume you take the axe? Yes, of course. Uh, you probably marvel at it because like it's it feels like incredibly heavy, but not in the sense of holding a weight. Like when you take it, it's almost as if like your whole body is weighted down, but at the same time as you move it in your hands and kind of like make familiar motions, it's perfectly balanced it seems it's, it's the axe itself is almost light but as you hold it you yourself feel heavier like there's just this magical presence about you because of it uktar takes her seat back and Lejar, uh begins to speak We have a plan you will go to the camp we know of When it is only a few miles North of us, from here, is it the camp of the kobolds that killed your father and took your mother's finger. I'm ready. Um, is there anything special about this axe? Uktar kind of like sits up straight. It is said it is the axe of Grumosh. passed down from famous hero to famous hero of our tribe. For many hundreds of years. You will use this as a symbol. You will leave it. After you kill all kobolds in the camp. It is no issue. Do not worry about the axe. It is quite magical. That axe will never. As you might say. Remain. Outside of. Our tribe for long, it always finds its way back. But as a symbol, you will go in the cover of night. You will kill every kobold in this camp, and you will leave the axe behind. I'm um, ready. Lajah well, uh, is kind of like shaken from this. Like she's not an orc. <laughs> you know, she's like, ooh, this is intense. Uh, but, you know, she's got, the, like I said, she's kind of spooky. So, uh, Lashana's like, also, you will take with you something from our tribe. Both must be represented. She kind of gives this glance over to Oktar, <laughs> Like, meh. You know? <laughs> and it's, uh, she pulls out a little wooden box. And she goes, I cannot I cannot tell you what is in here. And I wish you not to look. You may take it and leave it next to the axe after your mission is complete. And hopefully you come back. And this is is a very big issue. There's a very important thing we haven't told you. You cannot come back. We have to brand you as an outlaw. Because the tribes cannot be blamed. Directly for this. The government will come down on us hard. If so. So we must must brand you as an outlaw. If you do not accept. That is fine. But this is a mission from myself and all As plainly we've explained, the rest of the council has not quite made up its mind. Only the people in this tent now will know of this mission. And as far as the rest of the tribes, they will consider you banished and an outlaw. This is a tough decision. I flash her a grin and I wink at Uktar. Let's kill us some fucking kobolds. Uh Laja definitely kind of gets a smirk in a disturbing way and Uktar like is like almost hype, but she's old and trying to hold it back. She's not trying to like jump for joy or anything because both of them realize like you're this is kind of like a big deal. Uh, they may never see you again. You may never see your mother again. you probably never see your brother again, or anyone else in the tribe for that matter. Uh, your excitement about it is probably a little disturbing. So what they do is they set you up with a very clear map and directions to where they know this kobold camp is. You have about moment left. A horse is prepared. And there you stand. With both elders, your mother and your brother. Axe in hand. The wooden box in a pouch on your side. Do you say anything? I swirl the axe around. Give my mama a kiss. I'm getting revenge on these fuckers. So, know that if you don't see me, I'm still out there. I'm not dying today. Right on. With that, you jump on your horse and you haul ass. It's dark probably just after midnight. So, you have quite a few hours of dark to accomplish this mission takes you about an hour or so, maybe about an hour and 45 minutes, and uh, you come up out of the Grand Canyon via an old donkey trail, (laughs) and uh, upon the camp that you're told is the Cobalt Camp, you're probably a good 600 feet away you know that this is probably a decent time to get off the horse and try to make your way as quietly as possible. There is six to seven tenths that you can tell of kobold make. Seems like patchwork hide and they're all slightly dome-shaped. Not quite as fancy as uh, the teepees that you're used to. Uh, Like I said... Uh, you're gonna try to make your approach stealthily, I imagine. Yes, of course. Uh, this is a great axe, correct? No, it's a battle axe. A battle axe. Okay. I want to make sure I have the right stats for it. Right up. Which you won't. <laughs> um, we'll get to that in a minute. Well, no, I just need to know the, basic uh, the basic battle axe stuff. Yeah. I just need to know it's know. A, it's a DA. damage dice. It? It's a D8. You good? Okay, uh, so I'm going to need a dex roll, stealth specifically, which I doubt you're proficient in stealth. You're level 1, you're 16. not sp- proficient in anything. Uh cobalt stats. Oh, damn. I have a plus 2 to my stealth. Um, you're trying to be as quiet as you can. I mean, you're not wearing the armor. You're in just regular... You're probably <laughs> just a regular streak. Armor. Costume. Right. probably like some random baseball team shirt and some jeans and whatever. Some, you know, Nikes or stuff. Stuff. (laughs) Um, as you're walking, you do notice that there is obviously a watch posted that one cobalt sitting outside of the, because, you know, as usual, tents are around a ring in about a ring formation and there's a fire in the center. It's, Kind of a traditional camp style setup, <coughs> and uh, just on the outskirts of one of the tents, you do see the co a kobold that was obviously put as a watchman, and he seems to maybe have caught you like he's kind of moving his head trying because he thought he saw something, but you're far enough away that you're, I mean, it's dark, so you're practically in the shadows as it is. Do kobolds have dark vision? No. <laughs> don't make me open the monster manual. <laughs> they might. But it's probably only up to sixty feet. Well yeah, that's what and my, you're quite I have far dark that. vision, so it is sixty feet. Yeah, you you it's it's probably not that far, and you're quite far off. You're over sixty feet. Okay. So I don't see him then. No. And he does. no, you see him because he's backlit by that fire. Okay. Then. You're in pitch darkness. Okay, so there is a fire. You're in light. the middle of the desert. Okay. Uh, he does not see you. But he thought he made have like something caught his eye, but he really can't tell because it's just all darkness out there. Do I notice him though? Oh yeah, you noticed him no kind of notice you, but fuck. Like <laughs> I-, I hope you <laughs> <Obviously> see he- <laughs> that's under my breath. Uh, right. I hope he didn't scream that out loud around. No, no. So no. Uh, I'm gonna need you to make another dex roll against uh his perception. Uh that's eleven. Yeah, he he keeps kind of, like, bobbing his head around, looking out into the darkness, and he really doesn't notice anything, so he turns around, and you are able to make your way closer. Um, let's say we're going to do this two more times. Okay. So, so, he's a bit on alert. Shit. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he definitely... You said two more, right? Yeah, well, would have been. Okay, maybe. Uh, he definitely hears something, and he spins around... And now he can definitely make out a dark figure. You've made it close enough that he can make out your figure in the darkness. And uh, that wasn't super loud. That was kind of about as loud as it sounded. And like, because he's posturing like he's going to attack you (laughs) himself instead of calling for um, all the other kobolds. But he he doesn't run. He doesn't just make this crazy attack. Um, It's it's, that was like a curious noise like, ah, ah, and it, it starts to slowly move towards you to myself I'm like fuck 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 and uh, let me see here nobody else in the camp has noticed anything yet and he's you think he might be the only watchman set for this time like everybody else is in their tents oh of course who would fuck with kobolds Midget lizard people. Right? Nobody would fucking. Uh that. but he is starting to make his way and as he gets closer, like you, you he, you're gonna become more visible to him. So what do you do? Uh how far away am I? I'd say you're within sixty feet, probably like fifty-five or something something hmm. minuscule. Uh is there anything I can jump behind? No, it's pretty much open desert. Um and he's coming towards me yeah like still kind of like looking curiously like is this just a random like rock shadow of a rock I'm seeing that I hear a little lizard run by like he's still very curious he doesn't think there's an actual threat but he's poised to attack something if necessary I'm going to hold on to my axe behind my back and walk straight towards him okay Okay, so now he notices you, and, like, he has a crooked little shabbily made God-knows-where-he-got-it-out-of-the-garbage kind of, like, little sword. And he points it at you, like, questioningly. Like, he's questioning you, but you don't speak this language. Hi. You speak the common? Uh, yes, I'm a little lost. Can you help me? Who are you? My name is Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Miss Little Voss, could you help me find my way back? Where are you from? I'm I'm from, uh, a couple miles south of Salt Lake. We are more than a couple miles of Salt Lake. Holy fuck, I'm really lost. I can't find my parents. These hundred miles, these hundred miles. You know parents? No, I can't find them. We were on vacation. We were in the canyon. hmm how can I get back to the Grand Canyon? Turn around, you go that way. You go back the oh, way you okay. came. The other way. You go in. Right it's it's kind of dark. Could, could would you take me? Is that mm. would, could you take me? Would that be okay? Roll Christmas. Fuck. Oh. All right. You right. don't know what back to is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, fuck, fuck. Ooh, that's not bad. That would be a 20. Man. Uh, he kind of like lowers his sword, gives you a weird look, and, she, and then he she's the sword. And he says, mm, I will take you to the edge of. My I, land. I appreciate it. We're just like camping. Thank you so much. There will be donkey trap. I will lead you to the edge.
1: This that, is that how I do?
0: That, that's perfect. Thank you so much. So, you're so nice. He, he uh, he kind of, like, stays to, uh, your left there, and, like, he motions for you to start walking. He, he's very cautious. I walk with him. And how are you hiding this axe now? It's just behind my back. Just two hands. I'm just walking next to him. Oh, yeah. So, he looks, and he he totally notices. What is this? What? What? Oh, you don't think you want to walk through the desert by myself now, do you? That would just be silly. He draws his sword. You're you are a sneaky thief. You're not afraid of a teenage girl, are you? Sneak thief. Sneak thief? Did, did I steal something? I don't know what you're talking about. You'll, you are here to steal I was out for a walk I told you I took the axe to protect myself Duh He Might not believe you Give me some more charisma <sighs> <You my elf? laughs> Uh he absolutely does not believe you Uh and then guess what he swings. Does a 14 hit your AC, sir? It does not. Well, it does not. Damn that unarmed defense. Uh, but yeah, now you know you're in it, man. We are officially uh, in initiative, but it's only the two of you, and he's already made his turn. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That was rude. You die now. You are a sneak thief. I swing my axe. All right, roll it. Oh fuck. Uh our great axes are are battle axes strength? I don't know. Yeah. They are? They uh they're versatile. Um I think. Nine. Well you can either swing them one handed or two handed what I mean. Nine uh by the way, um this particular axe gives you a plus three to attack and damage rolls. Twelve. You definitely hit. In D8, correct. For damage, D8. Yes, plus... plus, plus uh, I haven't raised yet, so it's just a D8. Oh, well, no, um, because it's a plus three. It's plus three to attack, to attack and damage. Is it plus three to hit? Oh, it's, so it's attack D8. and damage? Yeah, so okay. D8 plus three plus uh, strength. That's going to be 10. Oh yeah, you cut him down. Like probably easier than you thought. Uh you're like this is kind of really new to you, but you've killed him. That was awesome. Uh um, Now there's Daddy? I think he's dead. No, oh, he's definitely dead. Fuck. Fuck. <clears throat> so now you know this is this is the mission now. You're in it. All right. Let's go. So, are you going to try to make it to the camp? I turn around and head towards the camp. Are you just going to balls crazy go in? Oh, fuck no. I'm stealthy towards that camp. Alright, give me some more dex rolls, man. (laughs) Sorry, beer burps. Oh my god, it's a nine! Wait, no. (sighs) I'm going to use my inspiration to re-roll that? Oh, snap. Go ahead. That's a twenty-one! She told me I was going to be loud. Sorry. She thought you were the quiet one. Anyway, I got excited. Let's derail the conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's nobody notices part. you. I'm going to need one more before you're pretty much right near the center of the camp. 13. Okay, you're good. Uh, nobody seems to wake up or notice you. You're pretty much. Right there, descendant in the camp. There's no other guards. You think you pretty much killed the one person who got the watch that night. How or many for that tents period are of time? around? Five. I walk towards the closest tent. Okay, let's call this tent number one. Yes. To your left, we'll say. Okay. We're in kind of like a pentagram-ish situation. In tent positioning, if you will. Um. So give me a dex to get into the tent stealthy. Fourteen. Oh yeah, so like as you kind of like move the leathery flap of skin that was like the door of the tent. Uh, this I mean, you have gross. to duck quite a lot because these are made for cobalts. They're not <laughs> necessarily made for orcs or medium-sized people in general. Uh, there's a flapping of moving this Flappy, uh, dry hide out of the way, and you do kind of wake up the one kobold that's sleeping in there, and he hasn't—you notice—but he hasn't gotten up off the uh, off the ground yet, and he is unarmed. I swing my axe at him. Roll it. Now do I have advantage because he's on the ground? Yes. Is go- You said that's a plus three to hit. Yep, hitting damage. On, on top of what my uh, other stuff is. Yes. That is going to be a twenty-eight. It definitely hits a kobold. Sir. Damage is going to be eleven. Oh yeah, you you kill that kobold as well. All right. How many of these? How many more are there? I'm gonna head to the next 10th. Stealth. Well, I'll give me some more rolls. Eight. Uh, um. Someone heard something somewhere. I mean, you you just probably heard a, like some sort of death uh, scream <laughs> or something from the one that you just killed and from the tent adjacent to that one the one you were approaching a kobold emerges from that Uh, no he's not wearing any crappy armor or anything like that but he is kind of holding a little dagger because he didn't come out unprepared as it were and he looks around and he sees you and he poises himself, uh, but he doesn't attack because you are not close enough to him. He's still a little startled What do you do. How far away is he? Maybe ten feet. I walk up to him and swing that axe. Do it. Oh, as bonus action, I would like to rage first. Right on. That is a twenty to hit. oh yeah that hits that is going to be 14 damage oh oh yeah he's dead I'm going to yell out really loud come and get me motherfuckers and I'm going to roll uh, <laughs> I finally pulled up the stats and I was right just saying they do have Darkwing oh no I didn't look at that part Oh that's what I, also, I was just wondering. No, they what? Well, they do not have dark vision. So they can't see shit? Yeah. Oh no they, they they totally do have dark vision. Up to sixty feet, which I was correct. So he couldn't see you that far. You're totally confusing me. No, he has dark, they have dark vision up to sixty feet, which I was right about. They couldn't see you from that distance. Um I was more Impressed that I remembered their AC, but anyway, I'm fucking impressed, Jesus. So, with that, let me roll again. Uh, oh shit! Oh yeah. So, want to? You... So the other three tents empty out, and that was pretty much all there was. Is a cobalt in each tent. So now there's three cobalts that have come out of their tents, a bit groggy, and they're like quite aware, of brandishing weapons. and now we'll have to roll initiative to keep track of what the hell is about to happen. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to do a straight roll for all of them. Okay. Works for me. And what did you get? I got a 19. Well, son of a bitch. You beat him by one. (laughs) So you definitely get to act first, and you're... In distance of all three, it's not a very large camp. So they're within thirty feet. Oh yeah, I'm just in my rage walking up and swinging that axe. First, I want to yell out, which one of you motherfuckers murdered my dad? They're like, ah, ah. I know you speak common asshole. They might have been talking to each other. That um, is a twenty. Oh no, a twenty-four to hit. Oh yeah, that it is. Or ten damage. Oh, you killed one, yeah. You downed another one. The other two are starting to panic. Um and uh so one runs up to you shit, shit, with shit. his with his dagger. Son of a bitch does Woo seventeen hit your AC sir? Yes, it does. All right, so that is six damage. Gets you. Okay. Maybe he just swipes, like, overhanded downward. He gets a swipe across your little 60-year-old booby-boobs. Whew. Which is probably upsetting to you because, you know, you're young and just learning boys, and, you know, you just hurt your assets. You motherfucker. Uh, the other one uh, busts out with a sling. He stays where he is. I how how far is this one from me? Uh, he's probably the one that just hit me. I mean, the one that oh he's in melee. Oh, okay. in contact with you. I'm taking a swing. It's not your turn. Oh, it's not. No, the I other thought one you said the other one wasn't doing anything. No, he's not moving, but he's gonna oh, okay. shoot his sling, uh, which is uh 15. Nope. No. Uh, yeah, he knocks a little pebble in his sling and looses it and you kind of just like do a little head dodge and he misses you so it would be your turn and the guy in front of you is well about to take an axe to the face I guess we'll see who just hurt your ladies that is going to be a 21 to hit oh it hits With a... Thirteen damage. Oh, it kills him. He's done. He goes down. Like, the last one starts to panic. Can I use the rest of... Can I use my movement to move up to him? Yes. Yes, you can. You're mine now, motherfucker. Who killed my dad? But that ends your turn. That was your attacking movement. That was it. So you move up to him, but he hauls ass himself... Um. so he moves like he, he dips he runs as fast as he can he moves about 120 feet what do you do do I get an attack of opportunity for him leaving my melee uh, you weren't really in combat with him yet you I mean had moved I, I did walk him. up to him and I'm yeah. attacking everybody so true uh i'm gonna say like because he knows he was already thinking about running when you came towards him so i'm gonna say when you were coming towards him he was already like turned on a heel and ready to run anyway so i'm gonna say he he as you were coming with all intent of killing with, with a steady serial killer walk but he hauled ass and he's about 120 feet away from you now so what do you do I use my movement to move towards him, and I want to use my action to dash. So that's going to be 60 feet. Right on. Come back here, asshole! Right, so he still got 100 on you, but he moved so fast, like, that was exhausting for him. No, he should have. He he's, said he was 120 feet, so he had yeah. 60 feet on me. Right. He's, he's not going to be able to make that kind of movement again. Uh, it's It was too exhausting. So he's going to move another 30 feet. Uh, he's still running from you. What do you do? I'm going to move towards him and dash again to get within 30 feet. Heard. Okay. His turn. He moves another 30. I'm going to use my movement and dash to get right up next to him. Heard. Fuck you, dude. I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, uh, let me see here. Roll, give me a charisma roll on that. Let me see, that's my charisma. Oh, that's not great. That's a 10. That is a 10. On um, charisma? Yes. My charisma is only a plus one. <laughs> well, that's sad, because... I mean, I rolled a nine. Uh, yeah. Um, he's not having any of that. And, uh, he books another 30 feet. You chicken shit motherfucker. I move my 30 feet and swing the axe at his face. Hurt. That will be a, a 14 to hit. Oh, it hits. And that is going to be... Ain't got a lot of hit points, man. (laughs) 12 damage. Oh yeah, you fell him quickly. Uh, That is done. And all these kobolds suspected of... Being directly responsible for the death of your father and the mutilation of your mother are done. What do you do? I would like to loot the bodies. For reals. Yeah, uh, for reals, like I'm not getting paid for this shit. I should check them. You're 16. You're on a mission from your elders. Like, hey. why are you concerned about loot? Uh, because money. money? Duh. What? I was told I was going to be outcasted I'm going to need some cash That's fair uh, The colds themselves don't have Any actual currency Or anything of value On them What about in the tents? I mean they essentially run around in a loincloth so What about the tents? The tents Give me an investigation Roll sir. Yeah! Let's see what I get. I don't have a big investigation. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. I'm (laughs) so excited. 19. 19, wow. Woo. So, we'll say... You found 69 Electrum pieces in one of the tents. I feel like those are pennies. (laughs) They're a little bit more than pennies, but... I think they're above silver below gold. I think that's where they rank. Uh but they're very they're ancient currency so they're hard to get rid of. Are are their daggers worth anything? Maybe a silver piece if you found the right person. Uh they're you know, they're cobalt cobalt make. Uh they're very basic uh not I mean practically just pieces of scrap metal that they found that they kind of fashioned into a dagger. You know what? I'm taking them. Anyway. So you can have five shitty daggers. Which yeah. would be D fours. <laughs> five shitty daggers. <laughs> Information you're probably gonna gonna need for the rest of your life. <laughs> so do you complete your assigned task? Uh yes, I put the X down and leave the box. It like like in the center of the camp or Right, that's what I was told to do. Right. Uh, I also pile up the bodies next to it. Heard. So when you do that, like, as, like as soon as you let go of the axe, um, you feel lighter. You know, like a weight has lifted. You, you're not as angry anymore either. No, of course I let the rage drop. Right, like just let just the just the act of putting just letting go of that axe just you almost feel more serene in general. So at that I do believe you turn and just walk away. You have a general idea of where you're going. You know where major cities are. Uh, you just know where you can't go back. Before I walk away, I kneel down. You know, make uh whatever religious gesture they make their fucking half works and orcs. Right on. Um I say, I love you, mama. And I walk off. Um, Can I break down one of the tents and take it with me? Absolutely. Okay. So, we're going to fast forward several years. You're approaching 21. And due to, you know, the life you've lived so far... You're pretty much a vagabond, living on the streets, making your way any way you so can. But more importantly, what you've been doing is hunting down abusive men. And you're starting to get recognition for this, uh, but definitely not in the way that you had hoped. Well, a little bit in the way that you have hoped, because all, essentially, the women that you have interceded upon... Or four, uh, they definitely praise you uh, for good reasons. But in the eyes of the government, you're someone running around killing people, <coughs> and it's at this point you're being haunted by the order of Muhammad. So currently, you are in. Louisville, Kentucky, using a pseudonym of sorts, or is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Anyway, you're currently pretending to be Luis. Well, I mean, I'm going by Utah because everybody else knew me as Beulah the half orc. Sure. So I have officially changed my name to Utah because I'm from Utah and it sounds cool. uh, but, you, you know, over the course of this, you've definitely probably, like, jumped back and forth, but you'll, t- you'll give random people random names. Uh, but yeah, sure, you're in Louisville, Kentucky, under the name Utah, and you're working at a diner as a waitress, uh, just kind of making it by, you know, you've been in town for, let's say, just under two months now. You know that the government is looking for you they don't have a good lead as to what you look like because none of the victims that you have saved have given you up uh, there was one actual one of your victims not necessarily the victims that you saved that tried to give a description but you beat him well enough that his speech wasn't very good anymore And he definitely couldn't write. That's probably one of your more severe uh, punishments. Because there were children involved. Uh, Well, you were going for vegetable, but you got paraplegic, I do believe. (coughs) Still, he was able to squeeze out enough of female and orc for them to have a good idea of what to look for. So they have a general idea, and like I said, the women you have helped have said nothing. And at this point, it's in the teens. We'll go ahead and say 12, 13, depending on how many cases the Order has actually found out about that relate to you. Because early on when you decided to start doing this, you did things differently. So... "Quote unquote, your modus operandi has changed, so some of the instances they can't tie into you. It was a different. You did your work differently. You know, as you know, this is how serial killers work, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, right? I'm but not I'm not saying you're a serial killer. Killer. I'm Not saying you're a serial killer. Jesus, I'm just saying that's how they work. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, it's been almost two months at this little Louisville diner. It has a baseball bat theme, and you feel very comfortable here, especially because of the factory uh, just down the road. And, uh, you know, you've made quite friends with the cook and the owner and whatever and whatnot. Um, And, you know, all the while, obviously, you're planning your, your next getaway because you can't stay anywhere too long. You're just here to make enough money to make it to the next spot where you can try to hide out. Or unless something comes up and your, as you feel, job is necessary. (coughs) But you haven't seen any domestic situations that require your particular expertise quite yet. Well, of course not. I'm at a diner. I'd have to go to a bar for that. You never know. Uh... At this point, with that particular, you're an expert at finding these social situations, and you can almost just guaranteed you can look at someone and just, after this moment, you're going to have advantage on roles with this, perception roles, to tell whether or not someone is in a negative uh, situation personally, relationship-wise. If there is domestic violence in a you'd like you know all the signs period end of sentence, and you will have advantage from now on on being able to tell whether or not maybe it's not going on in that person's life or it did happen, you will be able to just know by the way the person carries themselves by mannerisms they might have um you know outside of obvious things like you're not looking at this lady down at the end of the the diner you know bar. And she's keeping her head down, and she's obviously got kind of a bruised eye. Like, that's the obvious stuff. You can see beyond that. Like, this person can look completely normal, and you can just see all these tells that just are just emotionally deep. So we're going to give you an advantage on that kind of stuff uh, from now on. I like it a lot. Right? See what origin stories do for you? <laughs> They're pretty cute. Uh, whether or not that comes into play in the main campaign, who knows. Um, so, it's about noon. It's the normal little lunch rush that you get. Um, like I said, the, uh, the famous factory is just down the road. Uh, so, a lot of the workers on their lunch come to your diner. This day in particular, a very long black car pulls into the parking lot blacked out windows and out from that vehicle step two gentlemen in nice black suits they casually walk in get seated by the hostess Uh, you're currently working the bar area and not any specific tables but you notice them all the same they stick out as opposed to the local inhabitants, of course. Car and nice suits. And of course, shades. You know, these are obviously government officials. And you're probably the only person in the entire diner that's paying way too much attention to them. So I need you to roll perception. Um, you suddenly realize you're obviously paying too much attention you're calling attention to yourself by paying attention to them you notice nobody else is giving a crap about them so you go about your job, your business so give me another uh, perception oh that's a 15 15. Uh, that's good enough for you to, like, you, you go about your job, you're doing it quite well, you, you're pretty much, you're pretty good at just about any, anything you set your mind to, but you're able to, like, kind of keep a, a little eye on these gentlemen, because you just, you you know, or at least you're paranoid enough to assume that this is not coincidence. Um... They stay, they stick around for quite a while, and you were an opener, so you're about to finish your shift. And they seem like they're about to get their check. <coughs> so you're not sure if that's coincidence, or if they planned this. So as you prepare to leave, you notice that uh they kind of like slam what's left of their coffee. One has... They they really didn't get much. One got a slice of apple pie and some orange juice. The other uh, got coffee and dry white toast. Also suspicious to you because they didn't have full meals. So they kind of like pound their what's left of their coffee and their orange juice. Several refills, by the way. Just as they, you're pretty sure they notice that you're ready to leave yourself. So, you know, you have been staying in a trailer, maybe a thousand feet away from the restaurant, where there is a small trailer park. This is out the back door of the restaurant. So as you leave the back door of the restaurant, you have a few choices. I mean, you could head straight for the trailer park itself because eh, there's a chance they don't know exactly what trailer you're staying in there's a good chance that this is all very coincidental there's also a good chance at any moment those two are going to split and come around each side of the restaurant what do you do? Am I walking out the back of the restaurant right now? Yes, with all that in your mind and do I know the cook's name by any chance? Yeah, man. It's Scott. Hey, Scott, darling. I'm going to go ahead and go home now. okay? Yeah, yeah. Do whatever you want, man. All uh, right, lady. Come on. Oh, you're so All sweet. Right. I'm going to take a piece of this pie. I'm going to go home. Okay. Hey, um, those guys up front look suspicious of you wearing sunglasses indoors like some fucking assholes. I <laughs> goes, huh? And he looks through the uh, cook window out into the dining room. He goes, "No, nah, I don't see those hellas no more. Really? No, nah, it looks like they they uh, settled up and went on their way." Um, could you do me a favor? And um, can I take one of the bus boys with me back to my trailer? The bus boy. There's only one bus boy. Can I take it's the busboy boy back with me? <laughs> Is, Is there something wrong, Utah. I just didn't like the vibe I got from them boys. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I guess that's that's alright. Cause the, the the owner and there there's no managers here. There's the owner and then there's the cook, and Scott is pretty much in charge of the place when the owner isn't around. So he does. Uh, he, he slaps on the uh, the cook window there, and looks out in the diner and sees Jed. He's like, "Jed, come on back here. I need you to do me a favor." You know, and he directs Jed to put down the bus tub that he had, clearing the table that those gentlemen had actually just left from. And he's like, why don't you uh make sure Utah here gets home? And he you know, just saves his head and uh he's a younger gentleman. <coughs> he's, he's probably only maybe nineteen. He he agrees and uh yeah, you guys uh hop out the back door there. I... You head straight for the trailer? Yes, I do. The trailer park, essentially, right? So everything seems to go perfectly fine. Like I said, it's about a thousand feet from the diner to the trailer park, and you're walking. You're not walking like down a path or anything. It's it's like a grassy area. These these two things are not connected in any way. Like they're connected by the road, but the road goes down a ways, turns left, and swings back around to the main entrance of the trailer park. You're walking across a big grassy area that separates the two. So, you know, you can only really walk across it. You can't take a car or nothing like that. So, uh, yeah, you get up to your trailer, and uh, nothing seems uh, abnormal or anything like that. And uh, Jed's like, you gonna be alright, Ojo? Yeah, I just didn't like that boys. Thank you so much. You know, he nods and he uh, uh, double-steps it back to the restaurant, because he knows like, he's probably backed up on tables at this point. Do you just go in the trailer? Or what do you do? I um Do I have my mall at this point just kind of sitting in the trailer? You haven't really picked up any actual weapons since hmm. I mean you have an assortment of baseball bats. I both, just both aluminum and wood. I just walk in my trailer and grab one of the bats and sit down. Generally speaking, you like to keep those at hand. Yeah, I I'm just watching the door. Uh, let me roll here let's see the night goes through uh give me a constitution 16 16. uh you're struggling to stay awake and it's really really late like the paranoia is kind of getting to you you're worried about it excuse me uh roll another one natural 20 uh you kind of get like your third win. that adds up to 24 by right. the way right, right. so like you do kind of pick up a third win. it's maybe like 145 in the morning and you're you're kind of like just doing things to try to keep your shit together cleaning up the trailer you know making the bed like you're constantly like looking out the windows and kind of putting an ear the window trying to catch if there's any strange sounds going on outside and like nothing you don't don't really notice anything so give me one more constitution fuck you dice constitution you said mhm that's a 17 eventually you give your your body just gives up on you and you you doze off Um, you get a solid five hours just maybe you sat down in the chair opposite the door holding that bat and you just kind of crashed there for a solid five hours but like it's not a good five hours because you stayed up so long you're just so wide eyed crazy about what was going on but you don't wake up naturally after that five hours even though you get a good five hours. You wake up to a Who the fuck is it? And then you hear it again. I said, who is it? I can hear you knocking. You hear Miss Utah. That's my name. Which I'm. Um, come on in. Uh, you hear the door to your trailer, and the two men in black suits step in. They're both tall and slim, fair skinned, dark hair. Kind of fits the motif. I suppose. Um, they're almost indistinguishable to you. Like you feel as if they might be twins. It's eerie, a little creepy. You're off-put. And at the same time, you're like, ah, fuck. Like, you were groggy. You barely got any sleep. You think that they might have waited you out on purpose. You you start to feel like they got the better of you. You, you didn't realize what was going on, even though you were trying to be very cautious. Uh, the man on the right, he's like, Miss Utah. It's good to finally find you. I mean, that's my name. I saw you boys in the restaurant. Supposedly your name, I do believe it's what you've been calling yourself. Though we don't know any other name. Except a list of other fake names. I mean... Who the fuck are you? The man on the left says, We represent the Order of Bahamut, the world government. And you, man, have been killing people. And usually, that doesn't really get to our level. Unless it's pretty serious. And unfortunately, maybe about six months ago, you happened to kill a mayor. I mean, to be fair, they all kind of fucking deserve it. The man on the right says, I don't... It doesn't matter, uh, deserving or not, murder is murder. I mean, I didn't mean to kill him. I just meant to hurt him. Man on the left kind of like chuckles. It's all like, it's almost backwater thing. I don't think we've ever heard, brother. And uh, the man on the right says, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. And uh, they look back to you, and the man on the right says, We're not here to take you in necessarily world the better art. So, who the fuck are you, then? I think we just said we represent the Order of Bahamut. The Order of Bahamut. Well, we know you're... I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar. I am not i do not really know what that is, to be honest. Listen, I just find people who are being abused, and I take out the problem. I don't um, know. What do you want with me? We, 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 we understand your, uh, M.O., ma'am. And, uh, it seems that you might be a bit of a special case what do you mean special case i don't know if i like where you're going well first of all we could probably just take you in right now by via force or otherwise it at that doesn't matter what matters is you were you weren't right but you weren't wrong in the things that you've been doing the past couple years And, uh, we're seemingly just the kind of, you know, government organization that deals in just that. Fixing problems that are kind of on the borderline of right and wrong. So, what exactly do you know? Because I could just take your face right now, if I so desired. Oh, like that, uh... Jack Kirby from Missouri. Hey, that Jack Kirby was abusing his lady. I was just doing a service. Okay? Yeah, well, we we understand. Like I said, we know exactly. It took us a while to track you down. But uh, we know all instances of situations that you've been involved in, or at least we know all of them. There might be more. I mean, would you like a beer? We could talk, I guess. Uh, the man on the right looks at the man on the left and they look at each other and uh, they nod and he says yeah and like the man on the right literally just plops down on the crappy springless couch that's bolted to the wall of your trailer and it makes a terrible (laughs) noise when he plops down and the man on the left just kind of like pulls a pack of cigarettes from his pocket, leans against the door, lights a cigarette you know, he relaxes in his own way the door's still wide open obviously Okay, so, you know what I do. Tell me about what you do. How about that? Let's start there. Here's a beer, by the way. Here's your beers. Uh, Do you toss it to him, or do you just... No, I open it and hand it to him. I'm amazed. Right right on. Right on. He definitely accepts, and he takes a good, good drop. Real good drop. It's nice and cold. If anything works in your trailer, it's the refrigerator. Uh, Oh, that's really good. Well, ma'am, if you don't mind me saying that, um, our director is pretty sure, as I said, we uh, kind of operate on this on this line of truth and justice and evil. Uh, well, nobody in our particular business will ever consider what we do evil, but we make a lot of hard decisions, and it seems... You have the wherewithal to make a lot of hard decisions. It seems to us like you've made a lot of hard decisions. And, uh, though we don't know too much about you other than the cold hard facts that we've discovered, we might be willing to afford you a special privilege. (coughs) I'm kind of confused here. See, I don't see myself on the side of evil necessarily like I said like that depends on your purview but we never ourselves use that word to describe ourselves but are you like the CIA like are you like (laughs) the dude uh the 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 one that was smoking a cigarette leaning against the wall like (laughs) you know he's like laughing and he starts coughing a little bit because he thought that was so amusing uh and uh he actually says no 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 dear no (laughs) None of us think we're evil. We just uh, think it's uh, pertinent to explain that um, we definitely. Well, we do what you've been doing. What do you think you're evil? And he now he's posing this question to you. Oh, me? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. You got to be joking. Exactly. Now, but you say that, but we know what you've been doing. You see, the only difference between you and us is the fact that we're government officials. And we essentially do the same thing you do. We have a bit more rules, sure. But you're kind of just doing our job. And yeah, sure, there's some people at our office that's a little bit offended that you're doing our job. But at the same time, you're doing our job. It's not a big... We're not upset, because you're catching some, quote-unquote, bad people. Well, catching wouldn't be the term we could use in this situation, but you understand what I mean. Now, let's be clear. I'm not doing anything evil, okay? Again, purview. How much do you know about me, exactly? Well, I think we can say... From what we've told you, obviously, we've been tracking you for a while, and we've given you names, and you've spit those names right back at us, because you know. Do you know about the kobolds? They look at each other, and they're like, what? Well, if the man sitting on the couch now says, um, now if you've <laughs> done anything with uh, that type, well, that's not something that's been in our view. Uh, We're only, we we know a lot about the things you've done. Like I said, it's taken us quite a long time to catch catch up with you, but nothing to do with any lizard folk. You don't know shit. Well, we, we know all about the damage you've done to more humanoid types. So, are you here to arrest me or, you know, waterboard me or take me in? What the fuck do you want? The man on a couch continues. Well, I guess that depends on you. Uh We're definitely here, and I do believe our director gave us very particular orders. Uh we're definitely here to recruit you. Uh definitely you will not <laughs> recruit me? What the fuck are you talking about? You want me to work for you. That's absolutely correct. And what would I be doing exactly? You wouldn't be you living in be a trailer anymore. You very particular with what you say right now. You'd be doing what you do now. Just with a little bit more rules. But uh, we're pretty sure you can handle it. Can I ask you something? Sure. What's your name? Jake. 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 Do you Gyllenhaal. think you could take me? Well, I don't know what you mean, man. I mean, if I were to get up off of this fucking couch... And hit you with one of my bats, do you think you'd still be standing? Exactly what I said. Well, no, ma'am, I suppose not. Okay. But I do suppose you wouldn't be leaving this trailer. Because you're the government? Of course. What's your partner's name? Oh, <laughs> Mr. Man, standing against the wall, leaning against the wall, smoking a cigarette. His name is Jim. Well, he says his name. Jim, do you speak? He has been speaking uh, before, but yeah, he says, "Yeah." <laughs> do you think you could take me? He looks at his uh, partner slash possible identical brother. You're still unsure at this point. He says, "Ma'am, I don't think it matters what we can do. It only matters what you plan to do, and we're offering you a." chance the only thing that matters right now to me is if the government decided to send their best at me or if they decided to send a couple of peons to handle me if i decided to say no okay um, the one Do you yeah. understand now <laughs> now that i've named them um Yes, your names are not important. I can't fucking Jim and Jack or something. Jack. Jake. Jake. Jim Jake. and Jake. Yes. yes. Fuck you. I don't okay. care. So uh Jake, who's the one on the couch, he's like, well, ma'am. <laughs> um that's pretty much the ordeal we're dealing with right now. Don't call me ma'am, please. My name is Beulah, but I prefer to be called Utah. So call me Utah, please. Funny, funny, Utah. Thank you. Um uh, He reaches into his uh, black coat, pulls out a nice little file and tosses it on the table as you kind of like finger through it, uh, kind of like looking at it and looking at them, you know, because you want to keep an eye on them. Uh, It's everything you've been doing. It's every man you've beaten, every uh, the name of every woman you've saved in a terrible relationship, like they've got you. They, it, like, even the, like, down to the detail of them not knowing who the hell you are and how they tracked you down. Like, just fingering through all these files, you you can just say, you're just like, wow, it did take them a lot of work to get to this point. They finally tracked me down. Like, you're a little impressed, but you know they got you. They got the nuts, man. They got you. They, you are who they know who and um, Jake is like, like I said, we're almost the same kind of people. We just work for the government, and you're kind of a vigilante, and that's where the line is gray. You can come with us willingly and become part of the Order of the Bahamut and pretty much keep doing what you're doing, just in the name of the law. Or, well, we're going to have to take you in as a criminal at that moment (laughs) at that moment Jim uh, his cigarette's almost done and um, he turns and he flicks it out the door just before he steps out of the door and he walks out of the trailer and it's only just you and Jake (laughs) your boy abandoned you bruh I could take you out I mean I mean I know you know I could take you out as simple as breathing Listen, there's a, uh, he uh, he starts to stand up. He's like, there's, there's a lot of different ways to win a fight. And, uh, I only know one way to win a fight, man. Huh? Like, you ever fought a half-orc before? I actually have. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. And, can I ask you, what are you exactly? Good at what I do. And he walks off the trailer. (laughs) Oh, boys. Please come back inside. I would like to give a decision on your offer. Uh, I'm sorry. So you now hear a female voice projected. Why don't you come out here? Wait, what the... Okay, I'm coming out. I'll walk out. So as you step out the trailer door, you're surrounded. Several hundred agents. And in the center, directly in front of you, is an orc woman with a loudspeaker. All of them have bows drawn, you know, crossbows drawn, pointed at you. She says, Well, I think you might have made a decision. Did I say there was a couple hundred agents? You're the one in charge, darling. Oh, I'm sorry. She's like on the speakerphone. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to keep talking to Jake? No, I want to talk to the woman in charge. Obviously, you're the boss, lady. She uh, puts the loudspeaker, uh, the microphone thing, down on on a hood of a vehicle next to her. She motions you to come up. And then she kind of does that motion for everybody to put their crossbows down. Hey, baby, how you doing? You're the one in charge around here? Mm Mm-hmm. You. You're an orc. Yeah. I'm a half orc. That happens sometimes. Is that okay with you? No problems here. All right, listen. What are the details like? What am I getting paid you came looking for me. I didn't come looking for trouble. I don't want none, okay? I'm just trying to take out a little bit of the scum in this world. And so are we. Uh, you guys yeah. continue on a conversation about, uh, well, you, you know, you have your own concerns, and so do they, especially. Uh, eventually, you guys kind of come to an, a bit of an agreement that, like, they're actually going to send you to a school. Uh, To kind of get, like, proper federal agent training or whatever. Well, government agent training. Because the Order of Bahamut is a world government-controlled, established during the peace treaty that was signed, the world peace treaty that was signed by all races. Some very begrudgingly, but whatever. And you obviously agree to terms set, and you're like, they agree that you'll be well taken care of. You won't have to worry about money because they understand that, well, you ain't exactly got a career. <laughs> like, you're not making money. You're not, you know, putting your way through school anyway. They're going to put you through the school because, you yeah, know, they believe that you can be very helpful. Uh, They also agree to kind of exonerate you of past crimes, even though they don't completely view the things you've done as... terrible crimes. It's a very gray area for them. Uh, Something that you learn more so than other agents that become to work for the Order of Bahamut, that there's a huge gray area with the Order. (coughs) Which bothers you a little bit. Because from your understanding of the god, Muhammad, there's no gray area It's lawful justice. It's pretty much straight up. But the order has a lot of gray area. You're okay with it, but you're not okay with the fact that they call themselves that, and there's gray area. And so, (coughs) essentially at, at, at that, you graduate, and you become a standard agent. And uh, eventually it leads up to the raiding of a particular fishery in downtown Cleveland. And you happen to meet a couple assholes that you'll end up befriending for quite a while. (laughs) God, I fucking hate these people. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. So we're going to end right there. Uh, That's kind of where... Utah will meet up with and become part of t7 and uh i thank you all for listening this is a a series that we decided or i decided to do uh as part of joining the we geeks uh podcast network so i hope everybody liked it and now we're going to play our amazing theme song because i like to hear it uh thanks again keep listening